0: So, Walmart and Instacart are coming together to rival uh, Amazon and Whole Foods' same-day delivery services. Obviously, Amazon has cemented itself in the consumer marketplace as being the one-stop shop for quick delivery. You want something, you order it, and with Amazon Prime, you're going to get it same-day, or you're going to get it, like, first thing tomorrow with your groceries. You order it same-day, you get it tomorrow. Uh, Walmart had already been doing, like, some uh, delivery pickup. And, uh, or excuse me, (laughs) delivery pickup, grocery pickup and grocery delivery uh, that was sort of same day. I mean, I know that I could get on Walmart's grocery site and uh, plug in uh, what I needed from their curbside pickup same day. And if there were available time slots, I could go pick it up later in the day. But uh, usually there is at least 24 hours of a window that they need to gather your stuff and they need to, like, organize the orders, right? Well, what they're hoping to do now through Instacart is skirt some of those limitations and combine their infrastructure and services to deliver same day, much like Amazon has set for itself. So this is launching in four markets in L.A., San Francisco, San Diego, and Tulsa. And uh, Instacart's uh, spokesperson said the following, quote, the new partnership brings thousands of items from groceries, alcohol and pantry staples to home decor and improvement, personal care, electronics and more at everyday low prices from Walmart stores to customers doors in as fast as an hour, Uh, end quote. So, yeah, they're wanting to definitely rival Amazon's infrastructure here. And this is clearly on Jeff Bezos's radar as well, who, uh, during his antitrust testimony in front of the House Judiciary Committee in late July, said the following, quote, Every day, Amazon competes against large established players like Target, Costco, Kroger, and, of course, Walmart. He also added, quote, We also face new competition from the likes of Shopify and Instacart, And quote. Uh, Instacart's growth, though, wasn't secure at all. Um, so, you know, some, some props to their growth here, uh, since COVID Instacart and various other grocery delivery app platforms have seen major growth. And this is with the context of Instacart having lost major business from Amazon as one of their biggest partners when Amazon acquired Whole Foods. So when they did that, you know, obviously they were trying to, uh, streamline, the supply chain and how much of the profit in that supply chain they were able to retain. If they own both the grocery store and the delivery service, then, you know, great. They get to retain all that profit. Right. Um, and I think Instacart and Walmart here are, are to some degree trying to do the same, though obviously Instacart's not being acquired by Walmart. The partnership is, uh, you know, I think meant to bolster Instacart and keep them relevant and quick while also re-cementing... Walmart as well as uh, the only major competition against Amazon in you know today's era of e-commerce and uh, retail behemoths. Now, like I said since COVID Instacart has also seen a lot of growth uh, and in March and April alone Instacart hired a total of 550,000 shoppers to meet demand. So, uh it's not like this is just a little baby partnership. You know, Walmart is the largest private employer in the United States and uh, Instacart is eating up a lot of uh, a lot of low income workers mm-hmm. and a lot of gig workers as the economy shutters. We've seen Amazon do the same and I think it's indicative of broader shifts and how uh, you know our gig economy and e-commerce behemoths are uh, absorbing and transforming uh, both where we shop and who who works and who works for them. Uh, now, I think with Walmart's infrastructure and supply chain added to Instacart's uh, you know already heavily used platform and uh, you know army basically of shoppers, uh, I think they're really looking to be the second player in town for quick delivery. Mm-hmm. So, Tyler, any initial thoughts on this partnership?
1: It seems to be mutually beneficial. Um however i I I guess I remain skeptical about anybody challenging Amazon on a larger scale until we actually see that come to fruition and come to come to happen. But I think having competition uh, benefits benefits consumers. so I think that having Walmart and Instacart uh, want to you know form this partnership and try to provide the best possible service, I think means good things for customers because I do think that this is something that. Will be one of those trends that continues beyond COVID, right? I think that it has caused a shift in behavior that I think we'll see become one of those permanent changes, where I think more people will be interested and in looking to shop, uh, do their do their shopping in in this sort of way, we either have it delivered or. Um, or, you know, uh, have it um, gathered in store, and then they just go pick it up, that sort of thing. So I think that there's going to be a, a growth in that area, even even post COVID. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, I, was, um, I went and visited some friends in San Francisco, and they had all their groceries delivered. And this was a few years back when this was still not something that was widespread. And I just, I, I couldn't get over how how wild that was to me, right? Like they, yeah. they, uh, they, you know, lived in, in downtown San Francisco, didn't have a car, you know, they took public transportation and walked to work every day and then just had groceries delivered. And I was like, that is so wild. But now it's becoming more commonplace. So having another player in the market, um, I think is a good thing and will only benefit consumers moving forward.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think for the consumer, having more than one, quick delivery option is probably going to seem nice uh so yeah i I definitely see it as a solution that will be well received and especially with covid i imagine that this kind of solution is going to continue to get baked in much like we are seeing uh home workout trends Mm -hmm. get baked Mm -hmm. in and transform the future of uh, gym and fitness centers, right? There are some changes to infrastructure that I just don't think we're going to go back to, or at least we won't go back to anytime soon. It's going to take some time for the industry to readapt, um, and I-, I think consumers will just sort of uh, internalize a lot of these shifts. However, I think that same internalization of these shifts is also, uh, you know, somewhat of a detriment. And, the, and this goes back to what I was saying on my last story about AB5 and that, you know, I think a lot of the ways that we interact with companies and services is very individual and very much like, how is this going to benefit me personally, my business? time my day and like my ability to to go shopping or to order this online or to work out or whatever right like if this is going to save me an hour or whatever then yeah of course i'm going to take it now that's not to like shame people for thinking that way because we all think that way we all want life to just be simpler and we're going to take the services to do that that's why i have like you know an iot device in my house like it's just fun to be like turn on the lights boom, right? right but uh i do think it's important that we think about the consequences of what this means. As, uh, you know, COVID rocks the economy, we see a lot of uh, workers get absorbed into positions that are not famously known for paying well, having many benefits, uh, or really being uh, much of a, uh, you know, a prideful position, right? Like schlepping away at an Amazon work uh, uh, warehouse, excuse me, uh, you know, plenty of labor condition disputes right when COVID hit, Um, and Instacart shoppers, uh, famously, you know, have been paid very little for a lot of their services. Um, so, you know, this is a, an industry that is just kind of known for not really, uh, seeing the value in the shoppers or the workers or the drivers Mm -hmm. that provide the core service. So you stack on top of that, uh, the the internalization of some of these shopping dynamics. Consumers are now becoming accustomed to I get my thing same day or, or even the, like I get my thing immediately tomorrow delivered to my door. Even that was already starting to like shift how people think about what I deserve as a consumer, right? Hey, well everyone else gets this like, yeah, of course I want my stuff delivered same day. Um, Or, you know, the next day. And now, as this continues to proliferate and there are more huge behemoths that do have the resources to um, provide something like same-day delivery, I think it just cements a dynamic that only is successful in the way we see it when it is also coming at a cost of something else. And usually that cost is on the labor. The pay is typically low. There are typically few to no benefits, Uh, And it's advertised as, you have a flexible schedule. But I remember a story, I think right when COVID hit, or even it might have been pre-COVID, where Instacart shoppers were like, yeah, I don't have a flexible schedule at all. Like, I've probably had some of the least flexible scheduling I've had trying to make a living working Instacart. And people might argue, well, this has never been something where you're supposed to make a living. It's supposed to be a side hustle thing. It's supposed to be a side gig. And unfortunately, the economy just doesn't work that way when we are dealing with millions unemployed. When even before then, we were dealing with huge, uh, you know, record inequality. Uh, people need work. And if there is an option for you to just kind of like jump on a job and get paid for it, that's going to sound appealing. And it might end up becoming your only source of income. So, you know, a lot of moving pieces here that I think. Uh, shine a light on how this uh, expansion of same-day delivery could actually further harm uh, workers and some of the dynamics between consumers and the companies they shop from that I think in the long term, because there's not a lot of pressure for them to change, um, could further cement uh, some really harmful dynamics hmm. in our economy. So that that's just my perspective on this um, even though yeah I, I do think it's cool that there's like a second a second game in town but when the second game in town is the largest private employer in the United States it's not right. like, great like here comes another upstart company to rival Amazon it's like you know here comes the other Amazon like it's just it's basically gonna be the same players over and over that we're gonna see break into these um, these new trends and habits that consumers are adopting and being the ones to lead the charge, because, well, they have the resources and the capital to try it, and if it fails, they're not gonna notice the difference. So I I think that is, uh, that's my final thought there. Tyler, based on that, any final thoughts?
1: You raised some good points um, about that and what that does to the labor market. Um, And, you know, I I think that, that jobs like this are, I think, beneficial to help people get through a difficult time in COVID, but again, like you mentioned, you don't want these types of jobs to, um, to be held by such a large group of people post-COVID when you, when, you know they're, they're not jobs you are going to be paying a living wage. So I think you make a good point about the labor market.
0: This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app, or marketscale.com slash industries.